0: battle is not against flesh and blood but against the rulers against the authorities against the world powers of this darkness against the spiritual forces of evil in the heavens this is why you must take up the full armor of god so that you may be able to resist in the evil day and having prepared everything to take your stand stand therefore with truth like a belt around your waist righteousness like armor on your chest and your feet sandaled with readiness for the gospel of peace in every situation take the shield of faith and with it you will be able to extinguish all of the flaming arrows of the evil one Take the helmet of salvation and the sword of the Spirit, which is the Word of God, and pray at all times in the Spirit with every prayer and request, and stay alert. Stay alert in this with all perseverance and intercession for all the saints. Ephesians, the sixth chapter there is a battle on and that battle is a battle for your soul and you need to be very clear the battle is real and we begin to identify that battle that we're engaged in by recognizing that all grumbling is resistance Against Jesus. All grumbling, all complaining is resistance against the kingdom of God. Now, please, there is very much involved in this grumbling uh, a demonic presence. We are engaged with war, with spiritual powers, powers of darkness. And these powers of darkness, we have made from the time we were born, agreements. We have default positions in our heart that have been set from childhood, And these default positions, we don't even have to think about. We just automatically go there. And as we give ourselves into the hands of Jesus, he begins to take that fallow ground, and he begins to capture more and more ground in our hearts and in our lives. as he begins to take that fallow ground that we have made an agreement with the devil about oh you may not think you made an agreement with darkness but you did vows pledges decisions on how you would respond when a person makes an accusation against you when you don't get what you think you need from your wife or your husband you don't get what you think you need from your boss and the defensiveness rises in your heart and you begin to grumble and complain this is not fair this is not right you go to that default position as a child one of my default positions was Everybody's against me. I don't have any friends. I'm all alone. And I have to be right. And so I was very defensive and very angry as a child. I grew up that way. It wasn't until high school that I began to deal with this wicked anger that would rise in my heart and make me ball my fists and go after somebody. Wanting to fight at the drop of a hat it wasn't godly it wasn't pleasing before him and i finally began to plead with jesus would you remove this anger from my heart and he has as a gift of grace we usually go to our default position when we're hungry when we're tired when we're sad when we're lonely We go to that default position of blaming others, of feeling like a victim, of recognizing that something is wrong and it's got to be somebody else's problem. It's got to be somebody else's fault. It's not me. This resistance has to be broken in our hearts if we are going to allow Jesus full control over our lives. And Paul in Ephesians 6 identifies that this is not just an emotional battle. This is a spiritual battle. This is a battle with the powers of darkness. Now, one of the things that I've noticed and I've experienced... Is that when I began to go down the narrow road with Jesus, life seemed to become very, very hard. And the National Prayer Chapel went through a couple of years with the men in the church, struggling with this issue that God is a hard God. It's hard to follow Jesus, the discipline is so painful. And then came the dawning realization that it wasn't God who was hard. It was me who was hard-headed. It was me who was resisting the power of the Holy Spirit as he tried to set me free from every bondage of sin. Now, often people never come to this understanding. Instead, they sink into despair, depression, They satisfy themselves with eating a quart of ice cream every night. They begin to put on weight. They don't take care of themselves. They sabotage their life. They just struggle every day to get through one more day looking forward to that vacation that's coming if they can just survive They've got to make the money to pay for their bills. It's a living hell. It's not where Jesus wants us to live. That's not how he wants us to relate to him. He is not a hard God. The God of heaven is gracious and kind and merciful. He is filled with love. (laughs) Jesus is awesome. He gave everything for us. He's made full provision for us to live without sin. So it's this resistance, this refusal to turn from our sin, this refusal to turn from these pet sins that we cherish so much and hold close to our heart because they comfort us. They make life bearable. For some, it's the sports bar. For some, it's alcohol. For some, it's drugs. For some, it's fornication and pornography. For some, it's achievement, making money. But underneath it is a grumbling heart, a bitter heart. Under it is a heart that is unhappy and feeling like life is not fair. And so many go about their days a frown on their face, laughing with people sometimes, but underneath that, the bitterness of life. The book of Hosea. God finally comes and divorces his people Israel. It's one of the most painful books in all of scripture because God has Hosea act in marrying a a promiscuous woman a slut someone who has no moral values. And they have a child and they call that child by the word of God Jezreel, meaning God plants, God sows. And then she conceives again and and she gives birth to a daughter, and the daughter is named not loved. And the Lord says, now I'm not, going to, I'm not going to love Israel anymore. Did you know you can cause God, you can cause our Father, you can cause Jesus to turn away from you. He will struggle with you, but finally he'll begin to withdraw from you. I ask some people what is Jesus saying to you? and they look at me with a blank look like what do you mean what is Jesus saying to me? he doesn't talk to me well if Jesus does not talk to you it's because you're too far away from him to hear and your heart is filled with too much arrogance and bitterness and grumbling complaining that's why you don't hear from God you're resistant You're determined to have your way. Gomer gives birth to another, to a son. And God says, name this son. I will not be your God. I'm through with you. I'm not. I'm not your God anymore. You don't belong to me anymore, and I don't belong to you. It's the divorce of God. And it comes out of this resistance against the heart of God. I'm very concerned for many of you because you're happy in your religion. You're happy to go to your happy, happy church. But you have no conviction of sin. You have your rituals, and you have your your ways of operating, but bottom line, your heart is filled with resistance against going deeper with Jesus. I hear some people pray, and they tell on themselves when they pray because they're always praying, God this and God that. No, we don't pray to God. Jesus said, Say, Our Father. Much more intimate. But it's hard to say, Father, please, if you don't feel like God is your Father. If you don't have intimacy with God because you've been in rebellion, you've been grumbling, you've been complaining. Our Father. Or do you pray and say, My Jesus, I love you. My Jesus, I love you. Thank you, Jesus, I love you. Do you have intimacy with Jesus? Do you have intimacy with the Father? Do you call him Father or Daddy? that's what Jesus invited us to do to call him by the familiar term father thy will not my will no resistance so Jose was told name your son I don't belong to you anymore i'm not your god you're not my people i'm divorcing you and then in chapter two israel's adultery is rebuked well what is the adultery adultery is when you go to another spouse you go to somebody else's wife or husband you have an affair You're married and you go to another person's wife or husband and that's called adultery in scripture. Sexual uncleanness. This is what God calls it when we when we go to someone else for our sustenance other than Jesus or our Father. If you go to your job for your sustenance And do not recognize that it is Jesus who is giving you that job and is Jesus who flows that sustenance to you. If you don't recognize that every good gift you have received has come down from the father of lights above, everything that is good has come to your heart by the way of jesus christ if you don't recognize that if you think that you can separate out and have your religion over here and then you have your entertainment over here from the world and you have your life over here in your job and you have your life over here with your family and your entertainment then you're committing adultery against jesus and hosea rebukes israel for this And the Lord says this, I don't want to give Israel up. Do you know God doesn't want to give you up? He loves you. But you continue to walk in resistance against his will. And he doesn't want to give you up. And he keeps coming after you like the hound of heaven. That famous piece of poetry, the hound of heaven. He keeps baying after you. He keeps coming after you. This one young man who's full of rebellion against the Lord said, why is God stalking me? Because he loves you. And he doesn't want to give you up. And he was stalking Israel. In chapter 2, verse 6, therefore, this is what I will do i will block her way with thorns i will enclose her with a wall so that she cannot find her path so god says to the person who's resisting okay you want to resist but i love you so because i love you i'm going to begin to put walls in front of you i'm going to not allow you to have that job perhaps or i'm going to cause this difficulty i'm going to let the devil bring all of these things against you you're going to be boxed in and i know today as i'm talking with you by way of the spirit that some of you are feeling very boxed in by god The reason you're boxed in is God is trying to get at your heart. He loves you. These hard times where we can't find the path, we don't know where to go, we don't know what to do, we're in crisis, we need that job, we need the money, we need, we need, we need... And we can't find it, and we're blocked in, and God's not talking to us. Verse 7, she will pursue her lovers, but not catch them. She will seek them, but not find them. Then she will think, I'll go back to my former husband, for then it was better for me than now. so God allows our way to be blocked up, that finally we would say, wait a minute, I, I recognize a pattern here. It seems that when, I, when I'm resistant and I want to hang on to my sin, life becomes very, very hard. I think I better go back to God. There's some of you today who've been very hard-headed You've been very hard-headed. Come on, admit it. And life has not been easy for you. Things have been very tough. And you've been saying, why is God treating me this way? Because he wants you to return to him with all of your heart and repent. He wants the resistance to his spirit removed from your heart. And it's a last-ditch attempt that he would not divorce you. He was allowing these very difficult things to come into your life. Now, please, I've spoken many times with you about the narrow path, the narrow gate. That's what Pilgrim's Progress is all about. Christian asks, how do I know the right way? it's always the straight and narrow path it's never the crooked path how do you know what is right it is the straight and narrow path that seems to be closing in upon you and you have to begin to let go of things that are precious to you that have entertained you that the television the lord said to me turn your television off and then he told me now take it out and put it in the trash and it was a beautiful widescreen thousand dollar television from sony take it and put it in the trash i did so as i began to obey god as he began to narrow my path down where he said stop going to those movies every friday afternoon i used to love to go to the latest movies the lord said stop my path became more narrow then he said stop eating the ice cream oh that was hard i was addicted to ice cream stop the ice cream stop the sugar Today, I'm not allowed to eat sugar. Oh, once in a while, he'll say, yes, you may have a dessert. But as a rule, no sugar in my life. The Lord said no. The road narrowed down. Is this legalism? No, it's being led by the Spirit of God in a way that causes me to be more and more set apart for the kingdom of heaven seek ye first the kingdom of god and his righteousness and all these other things that the pagans run after will be added to you well what is the kingdom of god the kingdom of god is the reigning authority of god over your life it's not a geographic kingdom it's the it's the divine authority of god that begins to rule over your life so i say to some people look if you want to be serious about jesus you're going to have to give up your pro your love of professional sports you're going to have to stop sitting in front of the television you're going to have to turn your television off and move it out of your house you're going to have to stop constantly seeking after the internet you're going to have to turn your cell phone off you're going to have to give time for god to begin to speak to you and until you do that you're going to just be about the rituals of religion but you're never going to hear god speak to you it breaks my heart to be with a group of christian men and all they can talk about are the movies they're watching these are leaders in the Christian church the movies they're watching oh Ray did you see this movie no I don't go to the movies well what's wrong with you did you watch the game last night what game I I don't watch the games anymore I used to love to watch the Redskins used to host big Redskins parties at my house I'd let people out of church early just to go to the football game can't do that anymore the Lord began to narrow my path down he began to call me to give up my lovers my adulterous affairs with the things of this world remember 1st John don't love the world or anything of the world don't love the world the wickedness of the world so god begins hosea says to to block our path that's what god is doing blocking our path up until we finally recognize that it is god who gives us the grain and the wine it's god who gives us the oil and the silver and the gold If we push God, he'll begin to take it away from us. He says in verse 11, this is Hosea 2, I will put an end to all her celebrations, her feasts, her new moons, and her Sabbaths, and all of her festivals. In other words, if we continue in this path of resistance against the Almighty God, he will even take from us the formal services of the church. And we will begin to drift away. I've spoken with many who have no longer an interest in going to church. Oh, they say, I'm still with Jesus. He still loves me. No, you can't love Jesus and not love his body. You cannot love Jesus and serve Jesus and absent yourself from the gathering of his people you can't watch television and go to church the television is not a church we're called to be a part of the body now verse 14 therefore I'm going to pursue her now please understand in the book of hosea the lord goes back and forth one moment he's speaking about loving and and mercy and grace and the next moment he's speaking very sternly about judgment that's because divorces are very painful things to god divorces between people are likewise very painful they're a rending and a tearing. I know of people who who just won't divorce, but he lives in half of the house and she lives in the other half. And there's constant bickering between them. A miserable, miserable way to live. And God will put up with that for a while with us. But notice what he says in verse 14. This is Hosea, the second chapter, verse 14. Therefore, I'm going to pursue her. I'm going to lead her to the wilderness and speak tenderly to her. In other words, God's going to take away from you those things you have thought you loved so much. He's going to make it impossible for you to continue indulging in that wickedness. He's going to isolate you in a manner that he can begin to speak tenderly to you. He says, I'm going to take them to the Valley of Achor. The Valley of Achor is the place of of execution. It's a place of death but in that place of death he says I'm going to open a gateway of hope some of you today feel like you're dying you've about given up hope the finances aren't there <laughs> you're not sure what you're going to do I got a call from a, a listener, a precious woman who is on her way to the Philippines as a three-week mission endeavor. She's a serious, committed Christian. She had a very interesting prayer request. First, that I would pray that she would be blessed in the mission trip, and I earnestly prayed for her, the anointing of the Holy Spirit on her words as she goes and ministers preaches the word ministers to the children does dental hygiene for for those who need it and after we had spoken a bit and i prayed for her she said pastor there's one more area i need you to pray for me about she said i'm going to be gone for three weeks and god graciously gave me the money for the trip He sovereignly opened the way for me to go, and so I'm going. I've done these mission trips before, and where it gets very difficult for me is when I come home because I've missed three weeks of work, and so I'm not paid for those three weeks. And so finances become very, very difficult and tight because I still owe the obligation of my rent, the car payment, the utility costs. Pastor, would you pray for me that that God would provide for me as I return from this time serving him in mission work? And I earnestly prayed and asked God to open the windows of heaven for her, that she would be blessed as she returns. This prayer is entirely appropriate. Because it's the Lord, the God of heaven, that we serve. And when he calls us to go on mission, he always pays for what he orders. And so I earnestly prayed that he would open the windows of heaven for this precious woman, that she would have all that she needs when she returns from this mission trip. You see, we serve a God who opens a gateway of hope. He brings us into the wilderness where we don't know where the finances are going to come from. We don't know how we'll survive. But he brings us into this place and speaks tenderly to us that we would know we can trust him. And in that place that looks like it's dead end, we have the right to ask him to open a gateway of hope for us a place of of provision for us he continues there she will respond as she did in the days of her youth and in the day she came out of the land of egypt in that day this is the lord's declaration you will call me my husband and no longer call me my bail In other words, you're not going to serve a master who rules over you any longer. You are going to serve the Lord God of heaven, and he will provide for you. He will care for you, but you must not call him my master. You must not call him a hard God. You must not be in resistance against him. You must open your heart and recognize that the devil will come and lie to you and say, God is not faithful to you. He will not care for you. He will not provide for you. You must go to the bales and provide for yourself no the lord the god of heaven he provides for his people he says on that day i will make a covenant for them with the wild animals the birds of the sky the creatures that crawl on the ground I will shatter bow and sword and weapons of war in the land and enable the people to rest securely. I will take you to be my wife forever. I will take you to be my wife in righteousness. It's not I will take you to be my wife in unrighteousness. I will take you to be my wife in justice and love and compassion I will take you to be my wife in faithfulness, and you will know, Yahweh. On that day, I will respond. This is the Lord's declaration. And then he begins to talk about how he's going to respond. He's going to respond very specifically in the sky to bring rain upon the earth, and the grain is going to sprout, and there will be plenty of wine and oil They will respond to Jezreel that God will plant. And I will say to not my people, you are my people. This is the heart of Jesus, that we would stop our resistance, that we've been led into a hard place that we would begin to cry out to the God of heaven and call him my father and we would stop the wickedness and stop the unjust declarations of accusation against our Lord Jesus and we would trust him to provide for us. (laughs) And we will say, You are my God. I belong to you. You are my God. I promised you yesterday that I would open the phone lines, and I'm going to do that. Our phone number in studio is 877-534-0780. I'd love to hear from you. I know that some of you today are in a very hard place. The road has narrowed down upon you. I know that you're saying, how will I survive? I'm willing to pray with you that God will open that door of hope in the valley of Acor. You're going to have to lay down your pride you have to lay down your pride to even call this station you have to humble your heart some of you are very resistant to what god is trying to accomplish in your life and you are determined you will keep your rituals and your default positions and your defensiveness you're going to be grumpy because you deserve the right to be grumpy no you don't come on Our phone number in studio is 877-534-0780. Some of you have the victory. The road has narrowed down on you, and you have watched as God has supplied your need. You've watched as God has bent low and kissed you, embraced you in his arms, and said, you are my son, you are my daughter, I love you. Is God a hard God for you today? <laughs> call eight seven seven five three four zero seven eight zero My name is Ray Greenley. I pastor the National Prayer Chapel in Woodbridge, Virginia. Would you like to call? I would love to talk with you and pray with you. Are you a grumbler? Are you a complainer? Is your heart bitter? Or are you walking free in Jesus, glorifying his name, praising his name? You've come through. Are you a pretend Christian? I ask people that I meet, Are you a Christian? Oh, yes, I'm a Christian. I asked one man this question. Are you a Christian? Oh, yes, I'm a Christian. Is there still sin in your life? His face fell. He was quiet. And finally he said, Yes, Pastor, there's still sin in my life. I said, Brother, when are you going to get serious with Jesus? When are you going to stop resisting his love and his mercy and his grace? When are you going to let him remove the wickedness from your heart? It's a gift of grace. It's not done by our strength or our power. We're saved by faith in the precious blood of Jesus. Past sins are forgiven. Future sins. We're freed of sin where the bondages of sin are broken. When are you going to walk in this glorious victory? When are you going to give up the resistance against God? When are you going to give up your grumbling? The phone lines are open. You're welcome to call. 877-534-0780. Mr. Producer, are there any calls coming in? Okay. 877 534 0780. Where do you stand today on this issue? Are you a grumbler? A complainer, an accuser? Or have you given up your resistance and now you're walking free in Jesus? Mr. Producer, do you have a call from me? <laughs> It's not... Good. Put Steve through. Hi, Steve. Hi, Steve. Welcome. What, what would you like me to pray for you about, or what would you like to share?
1: Oh, I would like to share a testimony, first off. I, um, I was directed into healing prayer and deliverance this past summer and honestly it's the the self-centeredness of my my will has been processed over stripping by jesus and god yes Um, i'm out for all of his glory every day his will to be done not mine yes and honestly the blessings of that have really come back at me um You know, we're all born sinners. I hear what you're saying. I heard about saying that the the gentleman's head sunk, but uh, unfortunately, uh, you know, with my walk with Christ, I'm very loose with the word Christian because I don't slap the bumper sticker. I don't have the big Bible. I don't look at me cross, and I'm at church, and then walk away and intentionally be the bad guy, uh, as like some Christians are out there. Um, And some just go for that Sunday fuzzy as I call it. And and then the rest of the week uh, do what they feel that they need to do. I try to keep myself in touch with Christ every day, getting up, praying with Him, uh, asking for His guidance, uh, walking that walk to put on my Ephesians armor. Yes. Uh, to be ready for His will and any kind of attack that may try to come at me. Um. My biggest thing that I'm holding to that I'm trying to get rid of is uh, the clutch of nicotine. Okay. And that's what I would like to have prayed on. I don't. I, I'm hearing you for the first time. I'm on a break at my job and actually puffing on a cigarette. Um, and I'm like, you know what? Let me reach out.
0: Good. Let's pray about that. Okay. Lord Jesus, you've heard Steve's heart. You've called after him. He knows your love and your fellowship, but he's still destroying his body with nicotine, with this smoking. Lord, he knows that it's not honorable to you, but it is a spirit. And I'm asking that you would break this foul spirit in Steve's life right now. I'm asking that you would deliver him from the tobacco and the cigarettes and that your spirit would speak to him the next time he picks it up and say, Steve, you don't need that. Throw it away. Amen. Lord, I ask that he would just be utterly, sovereignly removed from his taste, that it would, it would make him sick when he begins to smoke. That the taste would be removed by grace, by faith in your mighty blood, Jesus. You're giving him victory in other areas of of his life. And Lord, I praise you for this victory. I praise you for his testimony. And now would you finish this work with this foul spirit? We speak to it now and say, be gone in the name of Jesus. You no longer have any control or power over Steve's life. Yes. Lord, I thank you for this victory. And I stand by faith now that it is won by your precious blood. Lord, I ask that you would just totally remove his love for tobacco. Mm -hmm. And Lord, if necessary, would you cause him to come to you and say, I love my smoking, that's why I'm still doing it. Would you make him get really honest with you? and then would you simply remove it from him as his resistance disappears lord i know this whole walk is a walk of grace it's a walk of faith it's not by strength it's not by might it's by your holy spirit so lord i thank you that you had steve tune in right now that he could have this deliverance in the name and by the blood of jesus christ lord thank you I pray in your holy name. Amen.
1: Amen and amen.
0: Steve, it's done. Thank you. Stand by faith. It's done. And do whatever work you need to do in the prayer closet, confessing any love that remains in your heart, and stand by faith that he has utterly broken the power of this tobacco over you. And don't go back and rebuild what the Holy Spirit has destroyed.
1: I don't want it as an idol in my life anymore. I I, I know I don't need it, and it's not just destroying my body, but it's polluting his temple.
0: Yes. Yes. And, Steve, many times I've prayed for people about this issue, and every time the result has always been the same, they've simply walked away from them. They haven't gone into withdrawal. They've simply walked away from them, and Jesus has totally removed that demon spirit. So I'm standing by faith this is what he do- has done for you and will do for you.
1: Thank you. Thank you, Jesus.
0: God bless you, Steve. Good to talk to you. Thank you for calling. Please call and report back what happens.
1: Yes, I will. Thank you. And, and All right. What's your name?
0: My name is Ray Greenley. Great and name. I, thank you. Uh huh. I pastor the National Prayer Chapel in Woodbridge, Virginia. I'm here, I'm at this one to two o'clock, five days a week.
1: I got you. I'm in uh, Maryland.
0: Okay. Good. All right. Thank you. God bless you, brother.
1: God bless Bye-bye. you. Bye bye. Thank you for you.
0: Bye bye. You're welcome. Is Alex still on the line? Hello. Is Alex still there, Mister Producer?
1: Hey. How are you, Pastor
0: Ray? Good, Alex. What would you like to share?
1: I'm um, just calling to let you know that I love you and I appreciate your ministry. Um, my back's been giving me fits the last
0: few days, so if you can pray for that, I appreciate it. Are you carrying too much weight of some kind? Um, you could say that. <laughs> Are you worrying? I wouldn't say worry. I just have, I guess, concerns. And um, You can't carry those concerns. It'll break your back, yes, Alex. yes. Okay, let's give those concerns to Jesus right now. Okay. Lord, Alex likes to collect concerns and issues, but dead men don't have concerns, and they don't have issues. So, Lord, I'm asking now, would you remove every concern and restore the peace to Alex's heart that he can trust you, that you are a God of mercy and grace and kindness, and you want only what is the very best for Alex, and he doesn't have to work it all out. You're doing it right now. Thank you, Lord. Lord, it's not by might. It's not by power. It's by your spirit. So it's not Alex' worry that will change what's happening. It's only by your spirit that things will change. Yes,
1: Lord.
0: So, Lord, I ask that Alex would just turn over to you now every concern that his back could stop hurting, that he will not have to carry these heavy burdens that cause his back to ache. Lord, thank you. Lord, would you get him very quiet before you, and would you cause your peace to enter his heart right now. In the name of Jesus, I pray. Amen. Amen. Thank you, Brother Ray. Appreciate it. You're welcome. God bless you, Alex. God bless you. Well, we're out of time for today. I just got the two minute notice. We'll open the phone lines again tomorrow. We're going to continue the study of Hosea and this issue of resistance against God from which all rebellion rises. Calling God a hard God, He's not hard. He's kind, he's loving, he's merciful, and he'll fill our heart with joy and peace if we'll allow him to. You've been listening today to Pilgrim's Progress. I'm Pastor Ray Greenlee from the National Prayer Chapel. I love you, my brother, my sister. I want you to walk in freedom. I want you to get out of those dead places. Any church that you go to that is dead, get out of there. Get to a place where you can hear the Holy Spirit convict you of sin and direct you in the path of righteousness. You don't need entertainment. You need Jesus. You need the Holy Spirit. You need the scriptures. God bless you. I'll talk to you soon.